folks, how's it going? Welcome to the Short Stories of Augie Peterson, the podcast, a proud member of the Odd Audio Network. Today I'm going to be reviewing the most recent addition to Netflix, Friend Request. It's a movie that not only further stigmatizes a mental illness, but has an ending that made me want to throw my laptop out the window. But first, some podcast recommendations. I plan to listen to a whole bunch of indie pods in the next couple of weeks, so I should have some better recommendations for you in the near future, but for today's episode, I'm going to recommend some more popular ones. Sandra is a super amazing podcast. It's so popular, they've uploaded all the episodes backwards in Podcast Addict, so you don't have to put episodes into a playlist to listen to them in order. It's about a woman named Helen who works behind Sandra, an artificial intelligence. Pretty close to Siri or Cortana. She sits at a desk and knows everything you need to know about birds. She comes through Sandra's device as a robotic voice, but gets into trouble when her humanity causes her to become invested in the people she talks to. It's so good and has such a powerful story. I just wish there was more than six episodes available. Insanely Chill with Cody Ko. Judge me if you will, but I love Cody Ko. He's a super interesting dude that has a great sense of humor. If you don't know who he is, he's basically an ex-Viner gone YouTube that managed to stay afloat doing things like reading fan fiction his fans have written about him. Anyway, he also has a podcast where he muses unedited about life. It's cool to get a look into the life of someone else, hear their unedited thoughts and feelings, and get the inside look at his YouTube channel. Announcements. Features week is nearly over, but that's alright. You can read up on the articles in the meantime, and on Saturday I'll be releasing my bonus episode. I have two writers this week, so there will be some really interesting stories slash articles to hear. Alrighty then, let's get into this movie. Just a big old trigger warning before we get started. This movie deals with suicide, self-harm, implied sexual assault, and trichotillomania. If you decide to watch it anyway, there are also a few moments that triggered my trypophobia as well. If those are triggering for you, there's a link on my blog to something a lot happier. It's a chicken yodeling video, if you guys know what that is. I took a poll the other day, actually, when I was writing this to see if people actually do enjoy yodeling that follow me, and they do. So if you enjoy yodeling and you'd rather listen to something funnier and happier, the link to the chicken yodeling video will be down in the description. Also, if you don't know what that is, just click it anyway because it's great. It's fantastic. Anyway, if those things are triggering for you, definitely don't listen to this because I'm going to be discussing all of those things and I will not blame you whatsoever if I will see you either next Tuesday or next Thursday. Maybe even just on Saturday. Anyway, let's get into it. My synopsis of this movie is Laura, a psych major, attracts the eye of a girl trying to make friends. This girl, Marina, then proceeds to give Laura horrible nightmares and stalk her on Facebook. Turns out, Marina is also a witch and wants to kill everyone Laura knows to make her feel lonely. While Laura cares a little bit about what happens to Marina, she doesn't care enough to help her. Thus, all of her friends are murdered and she becomes the new outcast at school. It was made in 2016 and directed by Simon Vehoeven. Vehoeven? It's German. V-E-H-O-E-V-E-N. I, you know, you would think with the German lessons I took all through high school and the Duolingo I've been doing, I would know how to pronounce things in German, but no. I gave this movie a hell no rating. This movie should never have existed and needs to be destroyed. Now, I didn't give this movie that rating because it was a really terrible movie. Mostly I gave this movie that rating because the ending is so bad and pretty much screws up the rest of the movie and just is bad and terrible, but you're gonna hear that in a minute. The movie pitch for this movie, I assume, went something like this. Random dude. 
When I was in college, there was a girl that used to pull out her eyelashes. She was really lonely all through school. Director. No way, really? Was it because she was part of a satanic cult that sought to make everyone into demons and take over the world? Random dude. No, she was just a lonely girl that needed some friends. Director. Nah, I'm gonna make a scary movie about her. Mental illnesses are scary. Favorite death in this movie. The deaths in this movie are pretty standard. Nothing out of the ordinary for a demon-based horror movie. I guess I could say my favorite death was Laura's boyfriend. Kobe ends up getting possessed and stabs him through the neck with something. It's dramatic, realistic, and pretty unexpected. Uh, so I guess it's my favorite death in that sense, but there's really nothing amazing in this movie that would give me joy. <laughs> as terrible as that sounds, I, I don't get joy from the deaths in this movie. <laughs> The funniest part in this movie is where one of the main characters is killed in an elevator. He's made to believe that there is an entity and a swarm of bees in the elevator with him. Therefore, he kills himself by repeatedly banging his face up against the walls of the elevator. Naturally. On her way to bring the sky food, Izzy, one of the roommates that lives with Laura and Olivia, takes the elevator to his floor. When the doors open, she sees the blood-stained elevator and her friend hurting himself. She then does this weird thing where she dramatically screams but doesn't actually try to help him, and then she ends up in the hospital. While we're left assuming this guy can be saved because he was alive when she found him, we never see him again and assume he's dead. However, Izzy arrives at the hospital, has dark circles under her eyes, and an IV in her arm. We don't ever find out why she's there. My best guess is that maybe she had a psychotic break or like she was traumatized by what she saw, but in my experience, that's something you're admitted to a mental hospital for, not an actual hospital surrounded by friends and family for no reason when you weren't the one that was banging your face into the walls of an elevator, Izzy. What they did right. Almost all of the jump scares actually scared me. I knew they were coming, but they were so loud and creepy that they really did spook me. Also, some of the images that Marina has on her Facebook timeline are creepy as fuck. They make me sick to my stomach to look at because of how realistic they are. Another thing I liked about this movie was the fact that the sounds they used to indicate something bad was happening was the same sound that cell phones make when they interfere with signals. I thought that was really clever and cool. Special effects and lighting. These were really on point, actually. The dead bodies and deformed faces were believable and disgusting. The lighting was tricky enough to hide what didn't look professional, and the CG used for bugs, faces, and jump scares were pretty realistic. What I thought was going to happen. This is a very predictable movie. I figured it would happen exactly as it did. What I wasn't expecting was the end. It made me absolutely furious, but I will talk about that later. So this movie starts out as a professor walks into his classroom. He tells his college-aged students that one of their classmates has committed suicide. He then tells them that there is a video of it, but they shouldn't watch it. Actually, it's funny because some girl goes, Isn't there a video of it? Didn't she record herself? And he's like, Oh my gosh, your classmate just died and all you want to do is watch it? But yeah, yeah, there is a video. Um, you shouldn't watch it though. <laughs> For a moment, I thought there was going to be the ring all over again, where if you watch it, that you're going to commit suicide or something like that. I know that's not how the ring goes, but I couldn't think of the other movie where that happened, so the ring was the closest I could get. But it wasn't, so we're good. We're then swept back in time a few weeks to when Laura and her roommates are giggling over a cat video. Here we meet Izzy, a brunette that brings this movie some much-needed chubby girl representation, and Olivia, the standard blonde character that's religious, though that's never made relevant. Laura is a psych major. Though we never find out why she chose that major, I assume it's because she wants to help people. Not everyone goes into the field because they want to become a neuropsychologist like me. 
This is made ironic when a girl that sits alone in the back of the classroom becomes obsessed with her. Marina is a girl known to others as weird and strange. She also has a mental disorder called trichotillomania. If you're not familiar with this affliction, it's a compulsion to pull out hair. Those who have this pull out hair, eyebrows, and eyelashes most commonly. In this case, Marina does all three. She has a large bald spot on the back of her head, thinned eyebrows, and no eyelashes. The movie uses this to make her seem scary and other, but please do not do that if you come across somebody suffering with this illness. It can be made worse if the person has depression or anxiety, so shunning them will make it worse and can sometimes lead to more extreme forms of self-harm. I'm sorry to get so serious there. I was a psych major in college, and seeing these people represented in movies like this really grinds my gears, if you couldn't tell. There's a couple other movies I've mentioned where mental illness has been used in this sense. Oh, what was it? The Collection, I think? Yeah. When I watched The Collection, the main girl was deaf, but it was never addressed. It was just something used to make her seem different, and it didn't lend to anything. And in this movie, it's almost the opposite, in which Marina is dealing with all of this stuff on top of the fact that she's also a witch and a Satanist that wants to destroy Laura's life. You know, and she is also made creepier by the fact that she has a mental illness. It's not cool, you know? That's also why I didn't want to use the cover of the movie for this podcast episode and for my Instagram post. Because the cover of the movie, you can see it on the blog. I did that just because I do that with all of my movies so that you can tell what it is if you've seen the cover before based on the movie that I review. So I didn't want to do that because they make her look evil on the bottom and they give her like a receding hairline and that makes me really sad. When movies do that, it really makes me upset as a psych major and as a person. I hate that movies like these exist and reinforce stigmas against people with illnesses out of their control. So when we meet Marina, she becomes obsessed with Laura. One day, Marina sends Laura a friend request on this film's version of Facebook. After she looks over her feed, Laura can see that Marina is extremely talented as an artist. She does animations and has some really cool artwork. What Laura neglects to do is scroll all the way down to the gory, creepy photos Marina has posted of dead bodies, haunted houses, and demonic symbols. Because she only sees the cool stuff, Laura decides to add her on as a friend. If you go to the blog, here I insert a YouTube clip of Laura going through her Facebook page. It doesn't show the actual animation that I was impressed with, but it does give you kind of an idea of the artwork that she does. I thought it was really cool. If anybody has any idea how to find the artist that did that, I want to talk to them about making me a book promo because this is awesome. Anyway, Marina then sends her multiple messages. She doesn't stalk her in real life. She's not asking for money. She's simply lonely and wants a friend. She's so desperate to be seen and cared for that her messages become repetitive and annoying. The weirdest thing that happens is Marina photoshops a photo of the two of them together. Yes, that's a little bit creepy, but if that's the worst thing that happens, you're fine. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of other social media themed movies where somebody will stalk you online and then find you in real life. Pet is a great example of that, where a guy meets a girl on a bus and then stalks her on social media and then asks her out, and when she tries to use the excuse that she already has a boyfriend, he says, no you don't. That's creepy. That's really creepy. So it could be so much worse, Laura. She photoshopped a picture of you together. So what? Naturally, Laura decides to block her after this. Actually, it's after she refuses to invite her to a birthday party and then Marina finds out she lied to her and she gets really mad and decides to kill all of her friends. 
This then sends Marina into a rage, after which she kills herself. She films the suicide and somehow sets it up to post through Laura's Facebook profile. Laura then can't delete it or her account. This causes her to lose all of her friends that she had, because, you know, Facebook friends are an accurate representation of the friends you have in real life. Now here I have a big issue. This may be considered semantics, but I don't really care, because it's realistic and it would make it such a better movie if this actually had happened. So this movie is using a fake version of Facebook, but I feel as if photos of actual dead bodies, spammy messages, and a literal video of suicide might raise some flags. Out of all 800 plus friends Laura has, not a single one reported her video to the social media site. Instead, they reported her to the Dean, which is fine, but I feel like if the site found out they would have tried to take down her account, found out that they couldn't do it, and then it would be a whole bigger-than-them situation, and the people behind fake Facebook would have been invested, and they would be like, why can't we delete this girl's account? And then the girl on the other end with all of her friends dying would be like, I don't know, but my friends are dying. And then it would be a whole thing, and that would be an interesting twist, you know, to involve people outside of her friend group and her school. I think that would have made a better movie, but none of that happened. Marina turns out to have completed some kind of ritual that allows her to come back into the world after she's dead as a demon. I realize that's why the whole social media thing is malfunctioning, but still, that last thing would have been cool. Anyway, she's dead now and starts killing off Laura's friends by subjecting them to hallucinations. Deaths include being thrown out of a window, hallucinations of suicide, and smashing their faces into the walls of an elevator. Olivia, the blonde roommate, is even seen holding her cross necklace at one point. I thought maybe that would protect her a bit from the demonic presence and she would recommend exercising it, but that didn't happen. In fact, the movie never mentions her necklace or religious affiliation after the brief moment we see the cross she's wearing. I think that would have been an interesting avenue as well because she's controlling so much through social media that it would be interesting to see how religion would have affected that, you know? Anyway, after all of her friends are dead, Laura finds out Marina was actually an orphan. Her mother was used as a sacrifice in a satanic ritual of some kind, and what family she had was killed in a fire. Marina is then placed in a group home slash orphanage. Two boys terrorize her. I assume they sexually assault her in some way, but we never actually see it. However, something she doesn't like happens, and the next scene we see blood on the walls. So it's implied she's killed or injured them. And we also see the boys with messed up faces as, like, her minions, I guess. Uh, so it, it further kind of buffers up the fact that she killed them. So the secret of why Marina is creepy comes out. She's a tortured soul that just wanted to make one friend. That's fine. She's literally every awkward girl sitting in the back of your math class, too self-conscious to make friends. The issue I have is that the movie demonizes that. If you're going to demonize something, maybe stay away from those with actual demons plaguing them every day. Okay, now I want to talk about the ending. All of Laura's friends are dead. She finds out Marina is a demon and wants her to be lonely. That's all its own thing. But the worst part of this movie is the ending. This affected the rating so much, I bumped it down from passable to hell no. And if that's like a star rating for you in your brain, I gave it four stars initially, and then when the ending happened, I gave it one. <laughs> Laura is reeling from watching her friends die in front of her at the house where the satanic ritual took place. She's on her way home when suddenly she sees a mirror on a tree, similar to the one from an animation Marina did on her Facebook page. 
mirrors are kind of a thing in this movie because the cult that was making the satanic sacrifice type thing with Marina's mother was called the Black Mirror Cult, and they believed that if you killed yourself in front of a black mirror or a mirror, then you could come back as a demon, and that's how Marina killed herself. So that's where mirrors are all coming into this. Laura looks into the mirror she finds and then turns around, and a demonized Marina is standing behind her and lunges at the camera. I thought that was the end, and I was a little bit mad. Then, some more of the movie plays. It shows the school, kids in the cafeteria, etc. And then, at the back of the lunchroom, at her own table in a hoodie with dark circles under her eyes, sits Laura. As if she's the next Marina. This made me even more mad. Let me tell you why. Marina is a tortured soul. She's had so many terrible things happen to her, and all she wants is a friend. Laura seems like she comes from a well-off family and has a fairly normal life. Marina also has some mental illnesses that make socializing very awkward, and she's likely self-conscious. Laura has four close best friends and is beautiful. To abuse the fact that Marina has a mental illness and PTSD and all the other things that come from her past is one thing, but to make it completely obsolete by making Laura the new Marina is just too far. It made me so furious, and I really hate this movie after seeing that one scene. If you want to watch this movie, go for it. Just don't let it influence your perception of people with mental illnesses. Because guess what? We are people too. Well, there you have it. A roller coaster of emotions resulting in me getting mad about misrepresentation again. What did you think about this one? Was Marina creepy or just misunderstood? Have you ever been Facebook stalked? How did you handle it? That's something I'd be interested in doing a special episode about since a lot of horror movies these days are about the terror of social media. So, if you have a social media horror story, send it to augiepetersonauthor at gmail.com. Please make up names or don't include descriptive details of people involved. You can also send me messages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you think this podcast is awesome, consider rating and reviewing it wherever you're listening. If you didn't like it, do the same thing, but leave me some feedback so I know what to change. If you think I am awesome, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope you have an awesome day, and I'll see you later. Toodaloo!